Now, <laughs> why did Henry jump into this war again between France and Germany? The last time we talked about a war between France and Germany, it was because of the bride he mm-hmm. was about to choose. Now he's getting involved in the wars. The biggest reason was the relationship between Henry and Francis. Mm-hmm. And this is the 1540s. This is just around our time that we're talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were in a free-for-all, free-for-all, free-fall. <laughs> they, they were going to shit uh, because of a couple different issues. Francis and France, you know, Francis on behalf of France, were refusing to pay pensions and other money that Henry thought that they owed to England. Worth it to go over to war? Yeah. I guess. <laughs> also, France was close with the Catholic Scottish king, James V. Okay. And his family. Does that have anything with him switching religions? Kind of. Uh, Not really. Well, okay. no, it's a little chicken in the What is egg. Henry at right now? Henry is still Protestant. Okay. Or the kind of, how we mentioned last week, in between the two, but more leaning mm-hmm. towards Protestantism. So France was close with the Scottish king, James V, and James's family's continued resistance to England conquering Scotland. Okay. Now, the rest of this episode, we're going to be on the British Isles talking about a king with a weird fucked up life, but it's not Henry. It's going to be James. Really? Yeah, it's about to get really interesting. I'm quite excited for this. Did we so, talk about James yet? No, and there's a good reason, but I'll talk about it coming up here. Okay. It's really fun. So England and Scotland... Do not like each other. Okay. And you can go back thousands of years. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot to it. And you could go a thousand years in the future and they'll probably still not like each other too much. (laughs) Um, But let's start a little bit closer to our time period of the 1500s because we could go all the way back. And I don't Mm. don't want to. (laughs) That's the biggest reason. (laughs) I don't want to. So mid-1350s, so just about 150 years before it. It's a long ways, but it's still enough time to give context. It's the Mm -hmm. second... Scottish War of Independence that ends in the Treaty of Berwick, I guess. Yeah, Berwick. <laughs> Don't want one of those on your penis, I'll be honest. <laughs> Wait, is that what what's a Berwick? It's a name of a town, but it definitely sounds like a bad thing to have. Oh, on I, your thought penis. You said, I thought you were saying like it's a wart. Like it sounds it sounds yeah. like a wart, exactly. <laughs> I went to the doctor and they took off my my Berwick. <laughs> it hurt like a bitch. I, uh, they have a whole process. Huh? Uh, but so it's the Treaty of Berwick. with an an independent scotland and an independent england but Mm -hmm. both sides were really still pissed off at each other for a lot of different reasons mainly just skirmishes fighting this Mm -hmm. land belonged to me i'm this ethnicity i'm this i'm that whatever Mm. Uh, by the 1400s by the yeah like so 50 or so years later uh no official conflict had happened between the two kingdoms but numerous border skirmishes and battles happened between English and Scottish people. Okay. So it wasn't a full-out war, but every once in a while some trouble would happen along the borders. Okay. Uh, 1500s. This is when the Tudors family comes in, Henry's family. Mm-hmm. Uh, under the Tudors, tension between Scotland and England heat up a lot. Uh, 1512, Henry VII, because of a larger European conflict... Again, probably one of these Habsburg dumb shits. <laughs> declares war on France. So 1512, Henry the Seventh declares war on France. Oh, not like the douchebag the Eighth. Not the douchebag the Eighth, the financially secure and economically sense father. Yeah. <laughs> Henry the Seventh. He declares war on France. 
James the Fourth. Mm-hmm. I know it's dumb. James the Fourth, King of Scotland, mm-hmm. uh, an ally of France, attacks England. So they're called on behalf of their ally to attack. Okay. The enemy. Uh, in 1513, James, King of Scotland, leads a full invasion force into England. Another reason for attacking cited was was Scotland's wanting revenge for the murder of Robert Kerr. So they're saying they're invading uh, because they want revenge for this uh, murder of Robert Kerr. A warden of the Scottish East Marches who had been killed by John the Bastard Heron in 1508. A couple years, five years ago, this guy got murdered by John the Bastard Heron, who Mm. I believe he was a low-tier wrestler at one point. (laughs) John the Bastard Heron! (laughs) Against the Grave Digger. The Undertaker's going to take you, the Bastard. Grave Digger's not a wrestler. He's a a monster truck. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe maybe the Bastard drove (laughs) in uh, monster truck. So... This 1512 campaign, 1512-1513 campaign climaxed Mm -hmm. with the disastrous Battle of Flodden. Flodden, and it's just F-L-O-D-D-E-N, so it looks like Floden or Flood, but Mm -hmm. I've been Flodened. Also known as the Floden Field, which I assume just because it happened in a field, and they're like, that's the Floden Field. Uh, (laughs) And this was between the Scots and the English. This is a really weird fight, uh, or a really weird battle. Uh, King James issues a formal challenge for an open field battle. Wait, are we we're still back in history with the, yeah. um, the seventh or uh, Henry yeah, the seventh? Yeah, it's that time. Okay. It's fifteen thirteen. Yep, it's fifteen thirteen. We are kind of you could think third person camera over the shoulder of. James the Fourth, mm-hmm. King of Scotland, right okay. now. He's at this Battle of Floden. Floden. Floden, and he is currently issuing a formal challenge mm. for open field battle mm. to the English army with the main commander of the English forces, mm. the Earl of Surrey, responding that they should fight at a set time and place, like at Floden Field. Okay. So, so this is a very formal yeah, warfare kind of thing. <laughs> this is like pretty much a duel kind of thing going on here. James had two options from this reply, pretty much. Uh, meet him there and certainly be defeated, as these English troops are well equipped. We know how many guns are in this family. Mm-hmm. Or don't show up and suffer great disgrace. So either <laughs> I show up and die, or some people might think crass about me. What? <laughs> oh God! What are the choices? And that's like probably like it's legit a, back then. It's like a that. legit life or death situation, yeah. but it's the dumbest situation you could. But choose. like people actually were just like just took like honor seriously over death. Yeah, it was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Kind of how uh, Catherine, when she was molested, they were like, "Your purity, your purity." Yeah, yeah. Uh, while positioning and tactics greatly influenced the battle, the outcome of the Battle of Floden was mainly due to the choice of weapons used by each side. Here. Mm. The Scottish used French pikes, 
are like your normal typical pike, but just a little bit snobbier. Mm. Yeah, they're like uh-huh. <laughs> uh, a typical weapon used at the time. While the English chose the bill, that's what it's called. It's a pulled weapon with a hook on the end, and it's kind of more familiar to English soldiers. So think of a long pole with a kind of a hook on the end. That's what mm-hmm. they were doing versus an English pike, which was just kind of a long rammy stick thing. Uh, or who the fuck knows? I don't know. <laughs> um, the outcome of this battle was one-sided. You know, Bill versus Paul, Bill versus Pike, who, you know, who's going to win? Uh, the English took between... 1,500 and 5,000 casualties. These old battles, it's really hard to get an exact number on yeah. how many people died. Uh, while the Scottish suffered between 10,000 and 15,000 casualties. Okay, so say the numbers again. England, between 1,500 and 5,000. Okay. And Scotland, 10,000 to 15,000. So if we take the lowest for Ooh. the Scottish yep. and the most for the English, it's still double. Ugh. Not good. Scotland just yes. took a beating there. It is said that almost nearly every noble family in Scotland lost a member at this battle. Oh, for sure. Yes. This was the most... I mean, the- I don't even know what the fucking population was back then, but I'm assuming... Yeah, that yeah, makes it's, sense. It's, uh, yeah, they're so communal, and we'll talk about it mm-hmm. a little bit more, but uh, of all those casualties, the most significant death and... Pretty much the most significant death in the entire theater, in the entire mm-hmm. campaign. James? Yes. Uh. James the Fourth. He was a well-liked and inspiring leader for the Scottish people. Uh, no, James. No, James, no. Uh. I can definitely see this scene in the movie of someone holding him. It's kind of raining, and they're holding him <laughs> as a battle Peter wound. Peter Parker looking yeah. at Uncle Ben. <laughs> Thumbs up, man. Thumbs up. I got it. <laughs> So, with the king being killed... Wait, thumbs up? Well, like, I'm going away, buddy. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm be okay. I haven't seen that movie in a while. I gotta watch it. I Let's hate people be- that hate on Tobey Maguire. I was just about to say, people hate on the Tobey Maguire movies, but compared to the Andrew Garfield ones, they're still better. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the newest Spider-Man, they got the actor on point. I do like but the Tom Holland But if you really one. think about it, the Tobey Maguire movie got like all the superhero movies going. I 100% agree mm-hmm. there. Yeah, it, it was like a billion dollar... Thing it just no matter how blew weird, everything. I will up. accept the fact that Toby McGuire is a weird actor. He he's an odd guy, but I think he played of the character, like of the actors. He's probably the most like if there was a Peter Parker, you line them up in yeah. a police lineup. I would point at Toby McGuire and say that's Peter Parker right there. Yeah, but like, anyway, even though that um, Spider-Man and James reference wasn't really a good reference, let's keep going. Let's go on. Let's, <laughs> I, I loved it though. Uh, so James. The fourth is dead. And this meant that in Scotland... So there's no fifth. There's Well, there is. That's who we're about to talk about. But the king's son became king, being crowned... Vengeful. Vengeful, yes. Don't worry. Uh, Being crowned (laughs) James V of Scotland at only 17 months old. Oh, damn. He is a baby, and this is going to be a big thing. (laughs) James IV, uh, to make things even more confusing, was married to Margaret Tudor... The daughter of King Henry the Eighth, or I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry, King Henry the Seventh. Okay, so eighth sis- sister. The, yep, the sister of the Eighth, making the new King of Scotland closely related to the current English royal family. Shit, talk about family drama. Yes, the, <laughs> and it gets even weirder. As a reward for this victory, 
mm-hmm. as this victory at the Battle of Floden. The Earl of Surly, Surrey <laughs> was restored to his family's title as Duke of Norfolk. Does that name, does that title sound a little bit familiar? The Duke of Norfolk? No, is it like a family that's still around today? Well, we were talking about this in particular, this exact gentleman a lot last week. The oh, Duke fuck, of Norfolk. I forgot. It's all good. That's because this Earl of Surrey and this Duke of Norfolk, who was fighting against the Scottish, mm-hmm. who killed the king, helped to kill the king of Scotland, the person who was leading this army was our old friend Thomas Howard. Oh, wow. The uh, uncle of Catherine Howard and the architect of so many people's deaths. Another <laughs> one to add to the list. I did not plan that at all. I'm bringing back characters. At the... <laughs> he is in there. This is a fun fact and really fucking stupid at the same time. <laughs> Fun fact. Fun, stupid fact. Fun, stupid as shit fact. (laughs) The second season of the show, The Spanish Princess, features... An actual show. (laughs) That's a real show. Uh, Stars saw what HBO... a history show? Stars saw what uh, HBO was doing with Game of Thrones, and they were like, how close can we get without them suing us? (laughs) So they chose The Spanish Princess. Is it really like the same concept? It's kind of, so it's more historical based, but it's really, really fictionalized because the Spanish princess, the second season, features this battle, the Battle of Floden. Mm-hmm. The depiction was fictionalized in, I saw quoted, certain respects. For example, by having the main character, Catherine of Aragon, the first wife of Henry VIII, mm. on the battlefield at the head of the English troops while heavily pregnant (laughs) what the fuck is that wait are you serious did i mention her at all no what the fuck why did they choose to include a heavily pregnant queen leading this charge (laughs) what the fuck that's fucking badass i'm not gonna lie like i said stupid fucking fun fact right there (laughs) who is this again catherine of aragon the the first wife for some reason, they're like, what do we need to include in this highly divisive battle scene? <laughs> Pregnant queen. Pregnant queen <laughs> leading the charge. <laughs> so now we're getting into King James V. Okay. I kind of teased him at the teased us. Is he at still the, 17 months old right now? or At this point, he is. Okay. But we're going to follow him through his, uh, couple, his first couple years of life here. Because I teased it at the end of the last episode, and it mm-hmm. is so weird. So... He is the king of Scotland. He mm. is crowned the king of Scotland, but he is also a baby. Okay. He is a baby. Since he was a baby, because this is this might be a controversial take to say, but babies don't make good kings. <laughs> um, he could not lead the state. He was crowned king, but he could not lead the state, meaning that regents had to rule on behalf of him. So people would be appointed to be regents or a regency council, and... This attracted a lot of weird and scummy people. Mm. So, first, the weird and scummy person was his mother, Margaret Tudor. Mm. She ruled for him. Two-Face. Two-Face, yeah. (laughs) Two-Face, Tudor. Tudor, Two-Face. She ruled for him, but then she married a noble Mm. by the name of Archibald Douglas. Sounds smart. Very (laughs) posh-sounding, Archibald Douglas. He was not trusted nor well-liked, and this is when shit started to fly. Mm. Margaret 
you know, being the sister of the English king, was surprisingly pro-English. Weird. She would support the English monarchy when she was <laughs> the brother of the English monarch. I'm shocked by that. Uh, while Scottish Parliament uh, was openly and unwaveringly pro-France. Okay. They well, want, yeah. yeah, they wanted to continue that alliance. They did not want to be with England. Cleric and poet Gavin Douglas, mm-hmm. an uncle of Archibald Douglas, described him as a young, witless fool. So we're getting some high-esteemed criticism already here. August 1514, Margaret and Archibald secretly marry. We're already having, I guess, secret marriage runs in this family right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, September 1514, so months month later, Scottish nobles decide that she had forfeited her rights to the supervision of her children, and her sons in particular, James, and in defiance, she and her allies took the prince and his, his relatives, his brothers, mm-hmm. to Stirling Castle. Parliament eventually wanted her to no longer be the regent of James V, rather going with a pro-French noble and the closest male relative that was in line to the throne, a man uh, by the name of Anne. I'm not joking, and we're going to make a lot of references after this name (laughs) by the name of John Stewart. Second Duke of Albany and best host of The Daily Show. Okay. (laughs) Was he a political genius as well? eh, Yeah, he he was a better political genius than another John Stewart. We're going to get to know (laughs) later. May 1515, uh, Albany and... For some reason, when they get a title of I'm Duke or Lord of this, mm-hmm. it's often written or cited as that's their last name. So if you hear Stuart or Albany, it's this guy for right now. All right. Okay. So John Stewart. John Stewart. It's spelled a little bit different, but it's still John Stewart. Okay. <laughs> um, May 1515, Stuart arrives in Scotland with a squadron, a squad of eight ships, including. In the, the ship listed, uh, ships were named the James and the Margaret. <laughs> so he, he has ships with the name of the queen. He is going to attack with the, queen, with the queen's ship. Uh, and an estimated 7,000 men with the express objective of unlodging Queen Margaret from Stirling Castle and seize the children from her. Hmm. James has now been kidnapped by his mother. <laughs> and she is held up in a castle. And this John Stewart guy is coming to retrieve the children. Wait, wait. So James kidnapped by his mom. Yes. But she's captive? No, she is holding him captive. Oh, okay. She is holding him captive okay. in this castle. Okay. And John Stewart, <laughs> after finishing up his, you know, his bits, his opening night, <laughs> has now come to the scene to break the, the prince, the king, okay. out of captivity from his mother. <laughs> so he arrives in May 1515. Mm-hmm. By August 1515, pregnant with Archibald's child. <laughs> so she's getting her fuck on while holding her child hostage, which... Jesus. That's a whole lot of uh, mommy <laughs> issues right there. 
Margaret surrenders. <laughs> oh my god! So sorry. She, yeah, no, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's bizarre. It is so creepy. We can't make this shit up. We can't make this <laughs> shit up. Uh, a pregnant Margaret surrenders to Stuart and gives the children to their uncle, and that's who Stuart is. It's okay, like a family uncle. She is then moved out of Sterling Castle to Edinburgh. Mm. The moment she gave up is described as a dramatic scene. She brought James into the courtyard, holding the keys of the fortress, which were probably <laughs> almost as big as he was. What? Oh, yeah, he's like still a baby. He's right? a small child, yeah. <clears throat> and let him hand them over to the kneeling steward. All right, little buddy, here's the keys. <laughs> So she's <laughs> here, play with the keys. Yeah, babe. she brings him into the courtyard. <laughs> Unlike pretty much ninety-nine percent of men who demand women to hand over their their children, mm-hmm. Stuart was not interested in fully exploiting James. So usually, when they someone demands that you give them their children, it's for some sort of exploitation, whether mm-hmm. sexual, acting, or athletic. He didn't want to exploit James. Wait. What do you mean, sexual or exp- like? If someone kidnaps your child, they're probably oh, gonna put him in I thought sex you meant like something in this situation. No, 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 no okay, no. okay, no, in yeah. This situation, he didn't. He he was okay. The rare per- non-parental guardian that actually wanted to help a child. Oh wow, yeah, good for him. very rare. So, so this is a good, like, also a good John Stewart. Yeah, this is a good John Stewart. He did not want to secede him for the throne. Rather, he was content with his role as a regent and a governor. He's like. I don't want any more responsibility. I'm good for right now. I just want to coast into <laughs> retirement. I have a good 401k. Looking great. Uh, so, yeah, after his, again, pregnant mother holds man ca- baby captive. Mm-hmm. We're just getting into this. Um, since early into her time at the castle, at Sterling Castle, Margaret has been in secretive communication with her brother, Henry VIII, now the King of England. Uh, letters show her asking for Henry to either send troops into Scotland to protect her and her children, the ones that she has kidnapped, mm-hmm. or do anything he could do to delay Stuart from getting to Scotland. Please either invade this country or please just delay Stuart from getting here. Jesus. <laughs> uh, prior suggestions from Henry to help her escape were struck down for different reasons, ranging from unsafe travels to her not having enough money. <laughs> Again, I think this family has another yeah. thing they can bond over. <laughs> Terrible money choice, uh, money mm-hmm. problems. The dad just took care of them and they never, they never worked learned. out their own finances. Yeah, yeah they never learned that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. However, after uh, Stuart took her children and she was sent to Edinburgh, and that's mm-hmm. the kind of largest city in Scotland still to this day. She started to seriously focus in on making an escape out of Scotland. She's like, <laughs> I can't take this anymore. So she's making her escape out of Scotland mm-hmm. here. Early October 1515, uh, Archibald, her husband, is given permission to visit the very pregnant Margaret at Lithingal Palace, the castle she is being held at. Okay. Uh, the two of them, while they're visiting each other, the two of them escape from the palace 
and make their way towards the English border on houseback. Margaret and... Archibald Douglas. Again, she was just described as very pregnant. Yeah. And now she is escaping the country on horseback. This Uh, is a badass bitch. Yeah, she don't quit. Um, (laughs) After crossing into England, she wrote a letter to the French ambassador stating that, quote, she had been deprived of her jewels and her income her children had been taken away from her by force and that she had been forced by threats to sign letters not written for her. She kidnapped her children. <laughs> and she's like, they're trying to take them from force. Yeah. Um, one item she left behind was a silk hat with a diamond jewel that had been a present from the king of France. Nice. And she just wanted her hat back. <laughs> she wanted her hat and her children, man. Right? <laughs> so much, damn it. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the end of October, 1515, mm-hmm. Margaret had given birth to a daughter who she named Margaret. <laughs> Margaret Jr. Mm-hmm. I'm so great. I've been on such a roll lately. I'm naming you after me, baby. <laughs> Three days after giving birth, Margaret writes to John Stewart. I love your show. Can I be on a guest? Yeah, I was just about to say that. Can I be a guest? Actually, yeah, because she wrote to John Stewart to announce her birth. Hey, could you mention it on the show? I think everyone needs to know about this. Uh, To announce the birth and to demand once again that as the rightful regent of the young king and the prince, she should be restored to her rightful place in the kingdom of Scotland. You just escaped, ma'am. You can come back. (laughs) Stuart actually did respond that way because he responded with encouraging words for her to return to Scotland and that she would be treated with great respect apart from being, you know, the regent of the king. Definitely not going to happen there, girly. You're not going to get that (laughs) one. He offered her control of her children, forgiveness for prior acts, as well as donations to causes close to her. He's making up for it. He's like, yeah. look, I know we were wrong. We were on different sides, but let's let's go. Let's be the bigger mm, people here. Come together. Stuart also pleaded with her not to listen to those in England who were looking to create conflict between Scotland and England. He's like, just please don't listen to the people who really want to invade and take us over. That would be really <laughs> wonderful. However, at this time, she was deeply ill and bedridden from giving birth. And those who were surrounding her mm-hmm. influenced her to pro-English positions. Okay. So they got her trapped in a bed, and they came in like, have you heard the word of Henry VIII? <laughs> <laughs> have you heard the good word? Yeah. Don't your look, savior. <laughs> your savior. Just don't, don't look at the coffers. There's, there's nothing there. There never was anything there. Uh, so as, a, as regent, or mm. you know, with a regent, uh, James lived a very protected life. But weird life. Okay. As those around Who's him, he with now? He is being kind of looked over by John Stewart. Okay. Uh, this At John Stewart's where? In Scotland. Scotland. They're okay. in Scotland. Because uh, we kind of mentioned it last week. If you're in line to be the king, you're kind of prepped and primed to be it. And mm-hmm. your education reflects that. Uh, and your life does too. By the age of 10, 
James had a squad of 20 guards dressed in his royal colors, red and yellow. He's like, <laughs> everyone has to have matching uniforms. When he would go to the park below the castle, like for him to play in, or? yes. When he would just go, when he would just casually go to the park, probably didn't have any friends his age. You wouldn't think so. It would be in secret, in great weather, and six horsemen would scour the countryside for up to two miles around for intruders. What? He would just go into the park casually, and he has yeah. horsemen <laughs> patrolling around like he's the first daughter. Just goes on the monkey bars, and they're just holding him up. Yeah. <laughs> if he Guys, fall, I got this. He falls, and all of them like pull out guns and just like surround him. Crossbows. Yeah, pull out crossbows. Whatever they got back then. <laughs> they're, they're pikes. Uh, many poems and Scottish stories were written about James, both on his early life and on how he should rule the kingdom of Scotland. You're already mm-hmm. giving me pointers on what I should do. I'm fucking 10. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Mm. I can't even go to the park without 20 yeah. guys following me. You think I know how to run this goddamn <laughs> kingdom? No. Uh, one poem from a poet named William Stewart. Okay. No relation. Called uh, Principali Majesty counseled James against ice skating. <laughs> Ice skating. What? They said he shouldn't ice skate. Why? I assume it's risky. He could fall. I don't Maybe know. Maybe like... it's anti-Jesus. <laughs> it's anti-Catholic to ice skate. But yeah, I no ice skating for young James. Oh, I got to break the ice, man. He can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> no hockey for the young James. By uh, In 1524, by the age of 12, uh-huh. James dismissed some of his regents and is proclaimed as an adult who is ruled by his mother. So it's like one step to closer to he's the full king. Okay. But this is where things get even weirder. His mom makes all the weird shots, gets too involved or whatever. She's a helicopter parent at this yeah. point. She's, she, Wait, she, helicopter parent? Well, that's what it's called. Like they're always hovering over oh, you. Oh, yes. Uh, so his stepfather, mm. old Archibald Douglas. You're not my real dad. I love you. Yeah, you're not my real dad. Angus comes back into the picture with an agenda. And he's he's in charge now. He's gonna be in charge. Really? So not of him, like of everything. Of everything. So it's ordered by the Scottish estates, so kind of a Mm -hmm. royal body kind of shit. By the Scottish estates that Queen Margaret uh, should have the rule of her son. And that he would have four guardians from the lords, so the people who are kind of high up royals, mm-hmm. who would... Would that include Margaret and the stepdad? I'll, I'll get into that okay. in a second. So the lords who would who would take turns supervising the king. <laughs> They're babysitting the king. Okay. And this would change quarterly. I thought you were going to like... St- about to tell me that they were making decisions for the country now or whatever. Well, this is where it kind of okay, gets so into, this, okay. into this. So he has Sounds to. Sounds like some shady shit. This is about lie. to get so weird because I don't know what many other kings where right before they become full on royals, someone is like, no, 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 we need to have four people take care of them. Let's change it quarterly. Like mm-hmm. that just sounds so weird. 1524, uh, November 1524. Archibald Douglas, the Duke of Angus, so I'm just writing him in my notes as Archibald Angus, so Mm -hmm. Archie Angus. Uh, (laughs) Archie Angus was not happy about this arrangement of the quarterly kind of 
ruling over the king, watching the king, and attempted to seize control of young James, but was repelled from an assault on Edinburgh Castle. So he physically tried to assault the castle to take the king, but he was <laughs> repelled. But still, he made a backroom deal with powerful Scottish lords. Sketchy, sketchy, sketchy. Where he was added to the rotation of the king's guardianship, and he had a turn. Oh, God. He was added to the list of people who would take care of the king on a quarterly basis. Yes, after he had just tried to abduct the king. And everybody knows this. Everyone, I mean, it's kind of hard to lie about a battle like that. Yeah. Fake news. So, but, like, you, I don't know, you just think no. You would think like, someone, yeah, you would think at some point someone would be like, maybe you know, not this. this. There's, Put him in rotation watching the child. How many people are king. in this damn country? You know? <laughs> so it's June 1526. Mm-hmm. It's June, like I said, June 14th. James is declared to be of full age. And according to Scott's law, so Scott law. Like 18. Uh, not quite 18, because uh, in 1524, he was 12. <laughs> so he's about 14 now. He's okay. a mid-teenager. Uh, according to Scott's law, uh, he's a full age. And James could now cancel any grants made during his youth. So any big pro- like deals or any arrangements that were made when he couldn't say anything about it because he was a young child, mm-hmm. he can now start to have a say about this. Mm. One so thing, he's got a voice now yes. coming into play. One thing I will point out, and I don't understand this, uh, I just said it was June 14th and he's declared a full age. Mm-hmm. He was not born in June and his birthday was not the 14th of any month. So I don't understand why he just decided this day. Yeah. He's like, okay. I woke up this morning feeling dangerous. Okay. Uh, it's like when you're becoming a man in royalties at a younger age or he just decided that. It's like a legal set date almost. And okay. we'll see it coming a little bit in a little bit here. Like 16, 18, like those kind of ages. At that mm-hmm. point, you're declared capable of mm-hmm. ruling over the country. You have enough education and yeah. enough sense most of the time. It's June 1526, like we mm-hmm. were saying. He is pissed off about these arrangements made when he couldn't do anything. At this time, in June 1526, the lord in charge of James was Archibald, was our friend Angus here. Mm. And he had zero intentions of letting James have any authority. He was not going to take it. His plan was to control James while fighting any argument from the other guardians in the rotation that the king should move to another guardian once Angus's term runs out. I wasn't expecting out. that from him. He is saying, and he's about to do, he is kidnapping the king by not giving him to his next guardian. Oh, he is okay. the step-parent that instead of dropping him off to oh, the... Oh, he's a step-parent. I thought he was... Oh, never mind. No, okay. he's a regent, but I'm just using it as an example. He's the step-parent where instead of dropping the kids off to the other step-parent, they just kidnap them and never bring them back. <laughs> he is that guardian here. He has now effectively kidnapped his stepson, the king, mm-hmm. who's the king of Scotland, and is now holding him in a castle. He, James just got kidnapped again Jeez. by his stepfather. <laughs> his father died. His mother kidnapped him. He had a couple good years, and now mm-hmm. he's being kidnapped again. Uh, I saw this, which was really funny. Uh, however, 
Douglas refused to hand James over to the Earl of Aaron, whose turn it was next. Dude, it's my turn with the king. Hand him over. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's just what was phrased that? <laughs> so childish, like mm-hmm. like in a childish manner. It's my turn with the toy. You know, yeah. it's my turn with the Transformers, man. Uh, <laughs> I also saw this quote. Quote, James was furious but unable to escape from Angus. Mm-hmm. I'm pissed off and I can't get out of here, damn it. <laughs> Uh, because this of the guy is so weird. Just let me go. Why is he doing this to me? I'm not even his son. Uh, because he's of the... trying to get me to talk. Get me out. Get me out, please. <laughs> because of the closeness between Angus and Henry VIII, this time being held planted the seed for James to have a lifelong distrust of the English. Mm. So seeing Angus kind of coordinate with King Henry, he was like. I fucking hate my uncle now. <laughs> fuck my uncle and fuck the English. Uh, that's his mentality going forward from here. Margaret, she's not happy about this, by the way. She, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. She's pissed off about this. <laughs> Margaret wrote to her brother, Henry VIII, saying that James, James was in thraldom to Angus. So thrall is a slave. So oh. he's saying, she's saying he's in slavery to Angus. And he had been forced by him to write various letters to Henry and the Pope criticizing Scottish royalty. <laughs> Sign this letter real quick. Don't read it. Is that to the Pope? <laughs> the Pope reads it. Who is this guy writing me? Yeah. James. What the fuck? Uh, immediately after being kidnapped, James begins to scheme ways for him to escape. He, I'm like surprised. Like, is there no like guards that are like intervening? Like, I gotta like, I don't know. Understand? I want to understand more about like the situation he's in. Like, I, castle I did or not whatever. see the details on it, but all these lords and like high royals, they're the like soldiers in there kingdom pretty much were like a private army for them and oh, would do stuff so at their okay. beck and call. So the people who were in the ter- like the places that this Archibald guy mm-hmm. was the king or the duke of or whatever. Yeah. They were loyal to him and he would he would be like block that door. <laughs> Make okay. sure the kid doesn't get out that way. <laughs> um so James begins to scheme to escape. His first ally, James's first ally is the Earl of Lennox, and his name is John Stewart. Really? It's not the same John Stewart as before. Okay. It's another guy from another family, also named John You're Stewart. Me. I'm not fucking kidding you. <laughs> I I spent 15, 20 minutes Just going through sure. going through family trees to make sure these guys were not related, and they aren't. <laughs> They're just two guys named John Stewart, which, as a guy with a very common name. I totally relate to that. I was like, hey, I'm my kind of guy. Uh, so yeah, different different John Stewart, second John Stewart of the day here. Uh, the two of them, John Stewart, Earl of Lennox, and James, uh, they plan a rescue attempt for when James is riding with Angus to kind of the border between England and Scotland. Mm-hmm. With the help of Stewart's ally, Walter Scott of Branks home, it's B R A N X home. 
So Brankshome, Branholm, uh. I don't know, Brankshome, whatever, who's nicknamed Wicked Walt, like Wicked Walt, <laughs> Wicky Wicky Walt. He so Wicked Walt with a band of quote border revi- revivers who are Scottish raiders would strike Angus's convoy and free the king with the help of an ally and some raiders. We're gonna free you from when you're on a convoy, pretty much. So it's July twenty fifth, fifteen twenty six. He's been held for a month or so. He's being he's been held for about a month or so. This is that big expedition with Charles mm-hmm. didn't even get a name for its battle, <laughs> but I this mean, yeah. has a battle name. This is the Battle of Melrose. Ooh. So while being escorted on a journey to Edinburgh, mm-hmm. James and Angus are intercepted by Walter Scott and about a thousand men by Eld- Eldon Hill at Melrose. These are going to be some Scottish fucking names coming up. Heads up. Mm. So both sides, again, that big old hundreds of ships, thousands of men, slaughters, whatever, influencing the slave market, doesn't get a name. This is how small this battle is, and it gets a name. Both sides, their forces were almost entirely consisting of Scottish clan soldiers. As this battle is classified as a Scottish clan battle, part of the larger Scottish clan wars. These are just family clans fighting each other. (laughs) How the other one was thousands of troops and international waters. These are a bunch of families pissed off over small titles at each other. (laughs) And it is Scott on Scott fighting here. The clans involved were, this is, I'm thankful for these names because Mm -hmm. you know how much I struggle with names. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So the clans involved were these. I mean, you would probably do way better than me if I was giving it a try. I mean, it'd be hard, but (laughs) the clans involved were the Scott and Elliot clans attacking the Douglas, Kerr, and Maxwell clans. So I got all five. (laughs) Thank God. I was sweating there. Uh, and it's just, I'm not going to go through every part of the char- uh, battle because it is super short. Mm-hmm. Uh, after an initial charge by Scott, uh, so Walter, his charge, Ang- as I'll describe, Angus's men stood their ground and returned back with a charge of their own. Scott's men stood their ground also. So they had two charges, nothing really happened, and people are standing around like, now what do we do? <laughs> this is a boring-ass battle. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of, you know, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, each side made one charge, and they're like, what what do we do now here? Shit. Uh, then this, I guess you could call stalemate. I assume they just were standing around and be like, what what do we do? The stalemate was broken <laughs> when reinforcements of 80 curs, so one family rallied up one more branch of cousins to come to the fight, uh, <laughs> led by a Lord Home, attacked the backside of Scott's troops. So Lord Home just attacked the backside of Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that sounded funny. Causing the Scots and Elliots to break and flee the battle. Okay. So Angus lost about 100 men compared to Scott having lost about 80. Ooh. So less than 200 men were lost in total in this battle. Okay, okay. But Angus won the battle as Scott failed to rescue the king. Oh. Yeah, because the whole thing was to rescue the king. Yeah. So this also has a very weird repercussion. What? Years down the road. So they didn't save James. They didn't save James. This okay. was a failure. 
a lot of failures in this episode, I guess. I didn't oh, try to do a failure it. than the other. About yeah, not invasion. as bad as the other yeah. ones. So this is where it gets really sounds weird. like they actually like got in battle though. <laughs> yeah, they actually had a real battle while being chased away by the Kerr clans members. Mm-hmm. They're chasing them. They're riding back. A rider in Scott's troops killed Andrew Kerr of Sesford, uh, some guy in the Kerr family. Mm. This action led to a bloody clan feud between the Kerrs and the Scots that would culminate 26 years later in Walter Scott's murder. What? Someone who was killed in this, when they were running away from this fight, would start a feud between the clan this Walter Scott guy led and the Kerr clan that 26 years later... This clan feud, someone would murder Walter <laughs> oh, no Scott. Way. And it can be traced back to them being chased away and shooting back and killing one guy. What? So he is sowing those seeds for 26 years. <laughs> that was the first. I mean, like, talk about holding a grudge. Yeah, talk about a grudge. <laughs> talk about, you know, butterfly effect shit. That is fucking crazy. Yeah. So that was uh, very early. That was July 25th, 1526. They are, they're not disturbed they're not uh they don't feel like failures uh they're going to attack again they're going to try and break james out they didn't stop it's september 4th 1526 so a little over two months it's september 4th yep it's my dad's birthday hey very nice Mm. next time you're uh with your dad talk to him about what's about to happen (laughs) um because it'll be like uh sure just not give a shit (laughs) a month or month and a half or so later this is what's going to be called the Battle of Lithengau Bridge. Mm. Now, Lithengau... Is there a bridge involved? There is. Lithengau roughly translate from the Gaelic phrase Lawithkau, which means moist hollow, which sounds disgusting. <laughs> That's the only reason I included that factoid, because I can uh... say moist hollow. <laughs> so, Queen's Margaret Army has about 10,000 men, mm-hmm. and it's being led by John Stewart, the Earl of Lennox. Okay. He's leading the, the second tra- one? Yes, the second okay. guy that we were talking about. He's the one who uh, is in contact with James to break him out. Okay. Yes. Uh, they are marching on Edinburgh with the intentions of forcing a larger conflict with Angus over the control of James. So James is being held in Edinburgh. Okay. Lithingau is about 20 miles or so away from Edinburgh. So they're moving towards the capital pretty much. So they're stalled at Lithingau Bridge, Mm -hmm. 20 miles or so away from Edinburgh uh, by a force. And that's the 10,000 men who are stalled there. Uh, Try getting 10,000 men across a bridge. That's just going to take a while, you know. Two by two, three by three, it's going to take step by step. Uh, So they are met by 2,500 men led by James Hamilton, Earl of Aron. Or Aaron, I don't fucking know. (laughs) Aaron. Aaron. (laughs) A-Aaron. Lennox, so James or John Stewart here, moves part of his troops north to cross the River Avon. That's the river that the bridge Mm -hmm. is going over. At the so he moves his troops to cross the river at the Manuel Nunnery, the Manuel or Manuel yeah Manuel Nunnery, 
where a maintained Ford... Not the Anomatic nunnery. No. <laughs> uh, where a maintained Ford allowed access to the East Bank that led to bluffs that overlooked the river. So it's a good position to cross the river. It's short. We can get up the river and kind of mm-hmm. surprise these guys on the other side. Uh, so now, normally, it's an active nunnery. Nuns doing nun things at this point. <laughs> hey, what's happening here? Nun things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but today, it was deserted. Uh, the few nuns and workers left on site welcomed the troops mm-hmm. and showed them to the ford, then scurried off to prepare for the incoming battle. I mean, yeah, like good for them. <laughs> I just imagine a nun leading all these troops like just a very old sweet lady <laughs> yep so the stairs are over there you know mm-hmm. the board <laughs> help yourself make yeah. yourself at home yeah if, if you guys need anything let me know i'll be here preparing for your wounded <laughs> so waiting until lennox's troops began to cross mm-hmm. and again just to remind you guys when i say lennox i mean the james john stewart guy leading the forces to mm-hmm. liberate the king Again, John Stewart number two. Yes, John Stewart. Where's two. John Stewart number one? He's hanging out in Scotland doing royal things. No, oh, okay. He gets when James is kind of getting older. He doesn't feel like he needs the region anymore, and I think the regions kind of change. He like does his couple years, and then he okay. On. Um, okay, back to John Stewart number two. Yes, uh, waiting until Lennox's troops begin to cross the river. They start to cross. Mm-hmm. This is when Hamilton's troops attack with gunfire from their position perched on the other side of the river. This is really primitive and early guns. <laughs> These are very inaccurate, but when you have a scattering and 2,500 men... Someone's about to get like yeah, to get even, shot. It's not going to be accurate, but you might be aiming at someone and hit someone 25 feet away. Yeah. But a rain of it while you're crossing a river is scary. Nonetheless, <laughs> uneven... And wet terrain made fighting difficult enough for these troops. Okay. But the funneling effect of the topography, so just the how the landscape is made, it kind of makes a funnel mm-hmm. kind of sense. Okay, okay. Uh, caused the battle to be even more one-sided. Uh, now, In favor of? Uh, the James Hamilton's guy. Okay. I have a quick quote. And I thought it was really funny. So I'm going to read it. This is our it. first quote? No, we had a couple quotes. Throughout oh, here, yeah, but, you're right. Uh, yeah, but yeah. it was just a quote on the gunfire here. The light guns set amid Aaron's wards started playing on the mass of men, sending small iron balls whistling into the throng, knocking down men like Skittles. I don't assume they mean like the yeah. candy Skittles. <laughs> I assume that's a relative term for Scotland. But yeah. the... The saying, sending small iron balls whistling into the throngs, knocking down men like Skittles, sounds weird and kind of sexual. <laughs> I'm going to send small iron balls whistling into the throng. <laughs> I knock down men like Skittles, bruh. Uh, what happens next, there's no full account telling of the battle. Yeah. Mainly because so many people die. But what most likely happened is that Lennox's troops already being confused by the terrain and incoming gunfire when Mm -hmm. people start shooting at you it's kind of hard to maintain military organization yeah (laughs) they tried to assault up the hill against the hamilton like hamilton's troops oh god so they're trying to go up a Mm -hmm. hill uh 
after. That's always never good. You don't want to be the one, like, army yeah, going, going uphill. I remember that from, like, like the Revolutionary War mm-hmm. classes, the Battle of Bunker Hill. They're like, let's just get to the upper ground. Yeah, I they remember talk- that from... Um, Star Wars? <clears throat> no, uh, Hardcore History. I had history. the high ground, Anakin. Hardcore History with the Gauls trying to fight oh, the Roms. Yep, 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 yep. Just get the hill. Just get the hill. <laughs> get the hill. Um, so, after a forceful conflict... Uh, Lennox's troops broke rank and fled along the river back the way they come. They came. So they just retraced their steps running away. Ah! <laughs> At least that's how I pictured it. So a force of 2,500 men just defeated an opposing invading force that's at least twice its size, and it's a pretty sizable margin of victory. So it was only 2,500 men for Hamilton, and even if uh, Lennox brought only a part, like a portion of his troops, because mm-hmm. he left some by the bridge and then brought some more, or brought the others with him, Yeah. even if he brought like half of his troops, the gunners, the 2,500 men, were deeply outnumbered, and they still put on an amazing fight. Dang. Yeah. It's weird to root for the underdogs when the underdogs are keeping a child captive yeah it's a weird feeling like yeah, yeah way to go underdog oh that's yeah. that's what you're fighting for <laughs> all righty then Ooh, maybe you should have got a better general <laughs> now this is where it gets this is where the post execution potluck get your get your uh meals ready here mm-hmm. in the fighting john stewart earl of lennox mm-hmm. is wounded and then he is captured oh no oh no he was led to a point behind the enemy's lines where he ceremoniously handed his sword to a member of the Hamilton family that he had trusted and known. Oh, so, no. as a symbol of, please don't kill me, here's my weapon. Yeah. However, James Hamilton, a different James Hamilton, again. Really? I'll explain this in one okay, second. Okay, okay, okay. James Hamilton of. Finnit, fin art, f- fine art, is, <laughs> is literally F I N N A R T. So it's okay. either fin art or fin art. Okay. I don't know. Well, Weird anyway. names. Uh, so this James Hamilton, he is the illegitimate son of the James Hamilton that is the like the leader of this military. No. Way. He is the ba- <laughs> he is the illegitimate son. He is known as the bastard of Arin. <laughs> And he is the second cousin of James V, King of Scotland. Okay. So he is fighting to keep his second cousin imprisoned. Okay. The bastard of Aaron. So this is the second bastard, second James Hamilton. So fucking stupid. But This ja- is such family drama. This is so much family drama, <laughs> but so much warfare. But James Hamilton, this James Hamilton, James Hamilton of Finart, after... Lennox, John Stewart, had ceremoniously given his sword to someone he knew. Ham- James Hamilton here steps forward, grabs the fo- the sword, and cuts Lennox down. So he just fucking murders him with his own sword after he was trying to surrender like gracefully. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how you were saying earlier, at this time, grace and all these social yeah, conventions yeah. are big. This guy says, fuck that. <laughs> I'm murdering this man with his own sword. Oh, shit. That's metal. Oh, it gets so much more metal because then it said, quote, Finart then mercilessly led the pursuit, hacking down all that came within the sword's reach. 
He murders this guy and then just starts swinging it around at anyone he could find. What? Even of his own people? Or I don't think he was attacking his own people, but anyone he could swing with the sword that was close to him, he was just swinging it at them. The location. Adrenaline rush is amazing. That's the bastard of Aaron for you. The location. This is really weird to me still. The location of Lennox's murder is commemorated with like a cairn, so like a, like a, like a thing that says Lennox is killed here. <laughs> Five hundred years. They plus still know left. where that is. Yeah, it's it's a stone that's still there, and I saw a picture of it. Nice. It's super weird. We'll probably post that on social media. So this is how one-sided it is on the English side, the Hamilton side. Mm-hmm. They're kind of pro-English. They're not English. They're Scottish, but pro-English. They had 2,500 men total. On Lennox's side, upwards of 3,000 men died in the ensuing slaughter that is called an absolute failure. Uh, so this is the third absolute failure that we've uh, had. This Actually, yeah. no, the fourth, because we had the debasement. Yeah, too. yeah. Uh, not only were they outmatched on the battlefield, mm-hmm. but their captain surrendered and was executed. So... It's, a, it's pretty hard to take even bigger of an L than that when it comes to warfare. All right. We were dismally beat, and then our captain was killed, so I don't know what more we could do. Um, they also... I did my best. I, I tried my best. That was his final <laughs> words. I tried my best. They also continued to not free the king from captivity. Remember? That was their whole objective oh, yeah. was to free the king, and they still didn't do that. So now it's 1527. That was later. That was septi- September 1526. Mm-hmm. 1527, uh, James is now starting to approach the age where he can legally rule on his own. Okay. Now he is starting to approach the age where he can actually be king and not mm-hmm. have people ruling over him. So first I saw this, early 1527, February 1527, Duke Henry Fitzroy, Henry VIII's illegitimate child, yeah, gave King James... A present of 20 hunting dogs. What? <laughs> Sorry about the kidnapping. Here's a present of some dogs. It's a bunch of like fucking dogs. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> what, the fu- what am I going to do with these dogs? It's all running around. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck, man? Then a couple months, actually the month later, uh, March 1527, mm-hmm. Pope Clement VII grants Margaret her petition to divorce Archibald Douglas. What? <laughs> I wish she would I have just... I wasn't even like thinking about like how that should be an option. Like, <laughs> I hope to God that she, at some point in the afterlife or whatever, mm-hmm. but just went up to Henry and said, that's how you get divorced. You know, <laughs> know how you made a whole big deal out of it? Mm-hmm. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I had actual rights to get divorced. Uh, but because of a political situation in Europe at that time, it was not delivered to her, to mm-hmm. Margaret, until December of that year. So it took almost eight months to get the news that she was divorced. So that happened, and then eight months went by, and then she got the news. Hey, I'm not divorced anymore. Yay! <laughs> so now we're going to fast forward a quick year. It's okay. spring 1528. In April, James turns 20, or not 20, he turns 16. Okay. Like how I mentioned earlier, his birthday mm-hmm. wasn't in April, or in June. It was in April for some dumb reason. <laughs> he turns 16, and he is granted more legal power as he ascends to actually now being the king, the king, 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 king mm-hmm. 
of Scotland, not King Regent or what have you. You just tell his stepdad to fuck off now? That's what he's about to do because James, one of the first things he does is he calls his privy counselors together and confronts Angus. So he confronts (laughs) Archibald. Claiming that, dude, you've been really weird to me lately. For actually, for a while, for let's a be honest. Since, since I can remember, dude, <laughs> claiming that Angus was promoting his own relatives at the king's expense, failed to keep the peace in the kingdom, and off and offended foreign ambassadors. Yeah, <laughs> Angus, in in response to being called out on his shit. Angus promised to fix these problems by sending a force of troops to the border to hang a couple outlaws and summon troops. So his, fix his anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was reading that and out loud I said, how does that fix anything? Yeah. That doesn't solve any problems. See, someone's punished for some crimes that has nothing to do with what you're saying, but like, yeah. So, sir, the roof is leaking. Well, I'll just go get us a new garage door and yeah. everything will be a-okay. <laughs> I'll finish the basement and then once I put in these lights on the mm. main floor, everything's going to be beautiful. <laughs> uh, Want a piece of candy? Sure. Here's a here's a cucumber. That's not what I want. That's not, that's not what I wanted. Uh, However, by May, so this was April, by May, James is writing to Henry VIII about these troops Mm -hmm. as he believes that these troops were not levied to protect the borders, but were actually part of a plot by Angus to kill James. (laughs) Hey, I don't think they're protecting me. I think they might be here to kill me. I think (laughs) I'm getting a weird suspicion about that. Uh, Between May... 27th and May 30th, 1528, Mm -hmm. between those two days, James slips away from Angus's castle in Edinburgh Mm -hmm. and escapes to Stirling Castle, where his mother was at, and she was currently in the middle of being besieged herself. Oh, really? Yeah, fighting's going on all the time here. Uh, So... Probably some pro, pro not her, mm-hmm. anti her troops are yeah. uh, besieging her. <laughs> so, but he is king. He is now the king. Okay. And he is no longer under control of anger. Thank God. He's yeah. got to fucking say now. He's like, oh God. Uh, so now, allied with leaders that have double crossed Angus, they okay. kind of realize this guy might not be good. James is starting to gain the upper hand against Angus controlling scottish politics Mm. he's now starting to kind of become the king and bend the things to his will instead of angus controlling the whole thing yeah yeah writing to again he he likes to write to his uncle he loves he loves Mm -hmm. he just they have a good they have a good back and forth they they all exchange jokes you know hey this is what the sister's been up to (laughs) how's my niece um writing to his uncle henry the eighth james proclaimed that angus had been commanded to give himself up, but disobeyed and was wrecking havoc in the country. I told him to give up, and he just didn't. Mm -hmm. What's the problem? (laughs) What is it? He claimed, uh, uh, Angus, or Archibald Douglas here, he claimed that his disobedience in not giving himself up was justified as he and his supporters would have been in danger for their lives had they. He's like... I'm not going to give myself up. If I do, you're going to try and kill me. And then I feel James probably responded back with, but you tried to kill me, dude. And mm-hmm. then Archibald stuttered and then ran off away from the room. <laughs> no, that didn't actually happen, but it pretty much did. This is one of the funniest fucking things I've ever heard in my life. James forbid 
Angus, not Anglis, <laughs> Angus, he forbid Angus and all of the Douglases, the entire family, from coming within seven miles of himself. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't blame him. Holy shit, I wish I could legally, royally declare restraining orders yeah. on people <laughs> for seven miles. Mm-hmm. I would abuse that power. I feel like this kid is really humble for like medieval logic. For you know? yeah, like people go crazy and just like yeah, you no know, Henry just like did whatever you want. I was just this kid about is to just say, going think easy about Henry on this at guy. this point. He has a way worse life, and yeah. he he's again a seven mile restraining yeah. order. That sounds like a dream. I feel like this guy should like he should have killed his stepdad or whatever. At some point, but like, yeah. That is the equivalent of like be this gone. Guy really thought. lucked out. Like yeah, he, Angus he should, did. Yeah, he should be like counting his lucky stars that like nothing worse than that happened. So because he's banished for seven miles, mm-hmm. which at this time in you know the 1500s is a long fucking distance, yeah, seven yeah. fucking miles. Angus escapes to another one of his castles. This time in tantalion mm-hmm. and begins to fortify the defense of the king now what or sorry he defenses he fortifies the defense of the castle oh him yes okay. uh uh angus archibald yeah, yeah i thought uh, you were saying he was trying to defense defend. like, the guy that he was uh, no no told him he, to, like, not def- see he or... fortifies the defense of his castle oh, okay okay but when he does that he makes sure to spend specify in particular to everyone Mm -hmm. that he is doing this not to the prejudice of king henry because if we think back to last episode any action or any words that could be displayed as against the king yeah is pretty much treason and open to being drawn quartered and hanged so he made specifics like no 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 i'm not against you i'm not against you i'm against this other guy so please don't come after me please please (laughs) i love that he had to specify i'm not against this king uh, at first, after you know escaping from previously kidnapping the king, mm-hmm. Angus hoped that occupying this fortified castle would increase his position in negotiations with King James, who he had just held hostage for years. Yeah, I don't think that's going to help, man. Mm-hmm. I really don't mm-hmm. think yeah. so. Um, October. This guy acts like he still has like a lot of control. Yeah, he's like, I'm still in the game. I still yeah. got. This. <laughs> October twenty. Just go to the casino. Yeah, I'll just yeah. get my money back One soon. More. One more time. They they'll loan me out money. Uh, October twenty third, fifteen twenty eight. So this is a couple months after uh, he has escaped from uh, Ang- Angus's control. Uh, October 23rd, 1528, King James lays siege to Tantalion Castle. So the castle where uh, is owned by Angus, which was defended by Angus's servant. Did he did he send his servant out yeah. there with a weapon? He's like, go, protect me, man. He's running out of resources. <gasps> You're good enough. You're all I have. I saw like a very cliche, proper English butler in the... This, you know, the suit, the the, mm-hmm. the tuxedo running out with his gloves and a pike. He's like, ah, for my king! <laughs> um, James, the fi- James the Fifth here mm-hmm. king, borrowed guns from a nearby Dunbar castle, which was held by a French garrison there. Uh, supplied by Captain Maurice of Dunbar. These guns were as followed. Okay, remember those clans were super easy? Yeah. These aren't. Oh. Thraw in mouth. All one word. <laughs> T-H 
R-A-W-I-N-M-O-U-T-H. Throtten mouth. Throtten mouth. Throtten mouth. Mao, M-O-W. Mao. Mao and her marrow partner. Um, <laughs> Who are these people again? No, these are the names and the like kinds of cannons. Oh, these aren't people. These are cannons oh, that have names. Okay. <laughs> so the, get that Thrawn mouth firing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Two great bot cards. Do you name your cannon? Yeah, I name all my cannons. <laughs> two <laughs> Moyans, which is M-O-Y-A-N-E-S. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck that is. Uh, Google kept auto-correcting that to mayonnaise. <laughs> two double falcons, four quarter falcons, and plenty of powder, gunners, and bullets. Okay. So he got a bunch of cannons, some ammo, and gunners to arm the cannons to take on this castle. <laughs> and in, in exchange for these guns, mm-hmm. James left three hostages with Maurice. <laughs> Imagine how you have to fa- feel to be one of those hostages. You, you stay here. Why me? <laughs> you weren't you weren't gonna help at all. Yeah. So you stay here. You're more <laughs> you're more use not on the battlefield than on the battlefield. Oh, this is going downhill. It's so fucking funny. For twenty days, mm-hmm. for twenty days, the castle was bombarded with cannon fire. <laughs> Although the king's guns could not be brought close enough to the walls to do real damage due to an deep outer ditch. So they're just firing at fucking nothing for 20 days. Doing fucking nothing, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Slight damage every once in a while yeah. if they get a good win. Like, what the fuck? The king lifts the siege and returns back to Edinburgh. He's like, we're not doing anything. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's return back. At this point, he's like, everyone's gone? All right. Yeah. Angus counterattacks and then captures that artillery. So he comes out and he steals the cannons. <laughs> now, I saw this. Killed in action here was James' principal gunner, David Falconer. 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 I only mentioned him because that's a sweet fucking yeah. last name, David Falconer, after two guys named John Stewart and mm-hmm. James Hamilton. David Falconer. Shout outs to David Falconer here. Now, by May 1529, so they kind of round out the year here, mm-hmm. Angus flees to England. He gets okay. out of Dodge. I feel like this guy's really lucking out. He's such a fucking asshole. Uh,. I mean, he. I feel like he should have been, like, I don't know. He should have died a long yeah. time ago. Uh, he should have been held responsible the first time he tried mm-hmm. to kidnap the king. <laughs> Ang, uh, so he flees to England, leaving Tantalon Castle open for James to capture. Okay. Like, Later. Uh, Angus's servant, again the servant, is mm-hmm. tasked with all the bo- hard stuff. Uh, his servant... Having received no further supplies or reinforcements from Angus, made terms to surrender the castle. (laughs) Well, he's not writing back to my letter, so I assume I'm done. I I got no allies, so the castle's yours, man. Fuck this guy. Fuck it. Uh, Now, James is officially the king of Scotland, and no one's really threatening his reign. Nice. And that's where we're going to end right now. <laughs> I know we're a little when bit... Is Henry going to die? <laughs> Henry is dying next episode, I promise, because we are going to be getting into where James and Henry come together, uncle versus nephew, 
dueling. Mm-hmm. It's the Scottish theater of that Eng- Italian war I was talking about at the beginning. That's mm. where England and Henry come into play. I'm excited. Time it, to celebrate. Bring your yeah, so, dish for this potluck. Yeah, bring your pot, your post-execution potluck. Uh, <laughs> bring, maybe invite, bring your post-execution. Plus one. Go, go bring some chicken wings to uh, Lennox's stone outside of his murder <laughs> site. It's not... Ugh, but... That's what we've got information-wise, but what you listeners have got for us mm-hmm. are fingers <laughs> and a listening device where yeah. you can go to iTunes, Spotify, wherever, yeah. social media, wherever, and leave us leave a review. Five stars. Five stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Follow us on Instagram. Instagram. Check us out on Facebook. In the review, five stars. Leave us. I know last week we were saying post-execution mm-hmm. potluck. And let us know on Instagram, like on any of our pictures, what you want to hear in the future. Yeah, if you, you guys like. have ideas for either kind mm-hmm. of longer s- a series or maybe even like a bonus or like a I've, I've, I'm thinking of if we ever do like a one-off episode, we'll call it a substitute lesson. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, in the reviews, leave us your, your favorite flavor of potato chips. I brought some potato <laughs> chips over before we came, and they've been just staring at oh, me the God. whole time. So yeah, favorite... Tell us, yeah, five stars and just say favorite flavor of potato chips mm-hmm. in there. Like you were saying, social media, back row lessons for all those great things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can kind of try and interact with us. We've, we'll try and link our accounts there. Uh, hopefully, we didn't say anything bad eight years ago when we were in high school. And <laughs> it'll come back to bite us. Uh, but on that note, next week, it's going to be fun. We're gonna, oh, yeah. We're going to fucking kill Henry. <laughs> it's going to be a, a great fucking time. My name is Paul. And I'm Nolan. And this has been Back Row Lessons. Woo!